another name through which we are redeemed. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be here in this place and to be reminded that you are the rescuer, that you are the redeemer, that you are the provider for us all, and that there is no other name by which man can be redeemed, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that reconciliation to the Father was provided by your sacrifice, by your perfect life. And Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you would sow a part of yourself into the world to redeem us. So often we looked at the law and we said, we can do it by might, we can do it by wisdom, we can do it by obedience, but Lord, you knew better. And you provide us with that rescue raft, the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And so now, Lord, we come into this moment where we come to give back to you and, and just to say thank you in obedience, but Lord, it's more than that. It's, a, it's an act of praise. Many of us have often stood and, and, and paused, can I afford to give this? But the fact of the matter is, Lord, you've given so much and asked so little. All we need to do is declare the name of Jesus to be saved repent and say that he is Lord and you rescue us. So Lord, would you? we know you'll rescue our finances. We know you'll rescue our homes. We know you'll rescue our children. We know you'll rescue every part of our life as long as we will submit it to you. And so Heavenly Father, as we come now to give back to you, just, just receive receive praise from your people. If you have your offering lifted high, if you've already given online, that's fine. That's fine. Just lift your hands to the cross, to that rescue raft. The empty cross because the Savior is risen. So offer it as a praise. Let your offering, let your tithe just be a moment of praise and thanksgiving. Before we do our, our recitation of scripture as part of our giving and speaking life and speaking power to gift, just take a moment and offer the storm to God. Whatever it is you need to be rescued from this morning, it's time to give it up and realize that you are a child of God, that through the name of Jesus Christ, you have been redeemed and restored to the Father. So praise the Father. Give thanks to the Father, the creator of all things.
That's right. For my sake. And see, that devourer has, here we go, here. No power to destroy the fruits of my ground. And I want y'all to say that. He has no power to destroy the fruits of my ground. Therefore, I will honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of my increase. So shall my barns be filled with plenty and my presses shall burst out in a new wine. Hallelujah.
talking. I was talking to the folks in prayer, and um, it's a holiday weekend, and I knew. Uh, well, I'm preaching because it's holiday weekend. Because the pastor's on sabbatical. I knew there wouldn't be a lot of people here. Um, typically, there's not on a holiday weekend. But um, I talked to Kevin and them, and I was like, you know, we should just get around in a circle and, you know, do that thing. And Kevin said, that's fine. We can just bring the guitars down and do it. See, you know, there's a lot of places that can't handle not having a big band, but we can do it because we got some awesome, awesome voices sing not for themselves but sing for him and that's what matters we don't come here to do anything in ourselves we come here to praise him and all that we do is for him so thank you guys for an awesome worship this morning opening the gates for jesus and the spirit to walk right in here so we give you praise and glory i want to tell you you can be seated um and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what it is a beautiful day, isn't it? It is. I don't care if it is raining. Don't tell me it ain't pretty. <laughs> you know, um, it is. Um, it is a holiday, and and sometimes we forget. On this holiday, this is. This particular year, it's not only Memorial Day weekend, it's Pentecost Sunday, you know? And so it's a time of remembrance and a time of celebration for um, the church. And it's a time of remembrance for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Um, we're gonna look at the, the, the Holy Spirit this morning and the transformational force that the Holy Spirit is in our lives. I titled the message, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I know there was a few people who wanted to sing um, when they heard that. So, um, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're taking up an offering at the end from Nicaragua, and we're locking the doors. And if you don't give, Ray's singing some um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. He promised me. Uh, that he would sing it and he'll do some interpretive dance as well. So uh, I've seen him dance and it's a beautiful thing. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, we will examine an extraordinary moment in the history of the church. Truthfully, an, an extraordinary moment in the history of earth. And um, But before we do that, I do want to Remember that this is Memorial Day weekend and the sacrifice that was given by so many. The ultimate sacrifice to protect us, to give us freedom. Sometimes I fear we lose total understanding of what that means. With every generation, it becomes less and less um, important because it doesn't seem, I guess, real or whatever. But, you know, when you, when you think about the, the thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of men and women who gave their life for our country, it is real. It's very real. And I'm going to tell you something. Had it not been for those boys who stormed the beaches of Normandy, um, Oh, I don't know what we'd be doing today, but we wouldn't probably be doing it here in, in this manner. And I don't speak German, so I don't know how I would pull that one off. But seriously, we owe them a great debt of gratitude. Ronald Reagan once uh, said in a speech, he was talking about Memorial Day, and he said, we have an image of the men storming that beach, probably in their 20s and 30s, no. It was boys, boys who had been drafted and sent off to war, <laughs> 18, 19 year old boys gave their life for our freedom and um, they never really got to enjoy life. I mean, let's be honest, they, they um, were kids when they went off and 
died for their country. And so families lost sons and future wives potentially lost husbands. Future children that were never born because of the sacrifice. So let's never forget that day. Let's, that day that those people died, whatever day it was. Let's never forget on Memorial Day to celebrate them. And so, yes, it's raining on Memorial Day. Well, big deal. Because guess what? It was raining every day they died, too. So it wasn't a pretty day with a hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill. So don't forget them. Don't ever forget them, I pray. You know, the day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts 2, was a day um, some 2,023 years ago when things drastically changed for mankind. I'll read from, uh, I'll be in New Living Translation, if you'll follow me. Starting in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, <laughs> there was a mighty sound, a sound from heaven, the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Let's pray. If Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for um, what happened so many years ago on this day. I pray that we will leave here today with a stronger understanding of it and a stronger desire to grasp it more in our daily walk, to understand it more, to celebrate it more, and to activate the power that is available to us because of what happened that day. I pray, Lord, that the words I speak would be from you. Move me out of the way and let thy will be done in Jesus' name. First of all, I want to look at earth, earth, wind, and fire, right? The earthly preparation. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he was about to ascend into heaven, said, the Spirit's coming, but y'all don't, this is what you're going to do. You're going to share me to the whole world. You're going to share my gospel, who I am, what I am, to the whole world. You're going to make disciples to the whole world, but do not. Do not go before the Holy Spirit comes. So y'all need to hang out. Hang out. And that's what happened. They started hanging out. <laughs> and they started hanging out together in one place, in one accord. It wasn't a Honda Accord. Come on. Their hearts were aligned in faith, and they were ready to receive the power. But, you, you know, Jesus didn't say, hey, y'all, wait till the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to be here at 4 o'clock on Thursday. Nope. He didn't tell them when, they, when he was coming. He didn't tell them anything about it. They didn't know. They were just sitting back. And so, at this point in time, you got to wonder what they were thinking. Well, when's it coming? When's it, what we're going to do, y'all? Well, it says they stayed together. They become one. They were, they, were, huh. they, were, they were already starting something called a church. That's what they were doing. But you got to wonder, what would have happened had they not been together, had they not been one mind, if they had been lacking unity? What would have happened? You know, it's easy, to, it's easy to consider that because, you know, they had different ideas. They had different opinions on stuff. They were some characters in that group. But they hung out together. They stayed together. Acts 2, 1 says, on the day of Pentecost, they all met together in one place. 
They were gathered together, united in purpose, and in anticipation of what was going to happen. But they had no idea when it was going to happen. Remind you of anything? Get to that in a little bit. The unity represents an earthly foundation upon which God could do his work. You got to have unity for it to work. If you got this group over here going, rah, rah, this group going, rah, 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 it's a disaster. But when we all come together, when we all come together, God moves. God moves. Matthew Henry said in his, um, his looking at this uh, scripture, he said, We cannot forget how often while their master was with them, there was strife among them. Right? Like, who's the greatest? I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Remember? But that was gone now, and there was praying, and they were hanging out. They were spending time together, as I said. But what if they had been like, hey, Peter, you big dummy. You denied him three times. Why are we going to hang out with you? Oh, there comes Thomas. Thomas, you had to touch it, didn't you, buddy? You couldn't believe it, you big goofy. Old Tommy boy. And then there's John. John, the one he loved the most, the big show off. Anybody, anybody here get what I'm saying? You know, we, we get caught up in stuff sometimes. Today, in the world we live in, oh, look what they got. Look what they got. Look what they got. Look at that church. Look at, oh, that church doing this. This church doing that. Oh, look at him. He's doing. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care what that church is doing. I don't. I don't need to worry about that. We don't need to focus on but one thing, and that's him. And that's what they were doing. They were focusing on what Jesus had said was about to happen. A spirit was coming. And when the spirit was, got here, things were going to change. And they were going to be able to do what he had told them to do. But not until he got here. <laughs> you see, the soil had to be prepared. The earth had to be prepared. We read something about that in the Bible, you know, about the, 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 the parable of the sower in Luke 8. And I'm going to read that quickly, but one, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. He liked to do that. To a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered it across his field. Some fell on the footpath where it was stepped on. And the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. The other seed fell among the thorns and grew up, and it was choked out by, and it choked out, the thorns choked out uh, the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Goes on to say in verse 12 as Jesus explained what he was saying. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they have no deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the, the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Earthly preparation opens the door for heavenly visitation. God wants us to get our ducks in a row before he comes. 
So did it make you ponder what, what's going on right now? Jesus, mm. you know he's coming back, right? Y'all hear that? Jesus is coming back. He didn't say when. We don't know when. But you got to wonder sometimes when you read this. It, 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 are we preventing? Are we preventing him coming back right now by the way we're acting and by the things we're doing? Because I don't know. I'm not in charge. <laughs> I'm just saying if if we're not unified and we're not of one accord. These folks give us a clear example of how to behave. A clear example of how to behave. And I gotta tell you something, in the world today, we're not behaving that way. Thank you, in this church we are, I believe. We all get along. But you know, in the world, there's so many different beliefs in the Christian church that everybody's all over the place. I believe we're gonna have to get back to the basics and believe that we can focus on the big stuff and the stuff that's not so big, don't worry about it. And the big stuff is Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a blameless life. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose on the third day. And it is finished. That's, that's, that's good for me. If we all don't agree with that, I think we're good. Second thing, the wind of change. The wind of change. John 20, verse 19 through 23. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and on his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Verse 22, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The Greek word here for breathed, I'm going to try to say this, is... Impusayo. Impusayo. It means to breathe into, to breathe on, or to blow in. Jesus came to his disciples and said, he's, he's telling them, you know, I'm here. You see my scars? And, and he promised them the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send a helper. So he breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Is there another, I think back another time in the Bible when someone breathed. <laughs> Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. The breath of life is special in this passage. It represents the spiritual and principal element in man, which is not formed but breathed by the Creator. You see, this bottle has nothing. It's, it's dead. It's a bottle. But Jesus came, well, God came along, and all of a sudden it's alive. And then later on, Jesus come along and breathed, and the Holy Spirit come alive. In the context of Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, di Eve died spiritually immediately. Spiritually, they were dead when they fell. They hid themselves. Last week, Debbie spoke and, and talked about how immediately they knew they messed up. They had to cover themselves because they messed up. And for generations that followed, people walked around spiritually dead. You were, we were born spiritually dead. But then Jesus came. 
Amen? Then Jesus came. In Acts 2-2 we read, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. The wind represents the coming of the Holy Spirit. It arrived marked by a powerful and unignorable sound. Just as the wind brings change, refreshing the air and stirring things up, so, did, so too did the Holy Spirit bring a transformation into the lives of the disciples. You see, they were spiritually dead still. But the Holy Spirit came, and now they were alive. And because he came, they had power that they hadn't had. And because he came, they could now do what God, Jesus had told them they could do. And, you know, I want to tell you something. Um, it's, it's a dangerous thing to do something without the Holy Spirit. It really is. I, I take it very seriously. You know, when we, when we go on mission trips and, and we're serving in dangerous places, it's, it's evident. It's so evident that, that the Spirit is with us. We've seen that. We, we've been in some sketchy positions. Am I right? I mean, you're driving along some road in Nicaragua, in a van and here stands a dude with a big gun and he stops your van and I just happened to be the one sitting in the seat where the door opened and he he started speaking in Spanish and I started speaking in Greek. <laughs> Daphne was there and she was over there because she wasn't even talking. She forgot how to speak Spanish. Anyway, apparently he was looking for someone else and we got through it but it was a little interesting at that moment and nothing tops arriving in Nicaragua during um, an uprising and driving to our hotel and we get to the circle the big circle you were there and there's all these people and they're throwing stuff at each other and they got little homemade bombs and oh this is really cool <laughs> we were the only church either crazy enough to go or strong enough in our faith to go. I'll, I'll go with the second part. Nobody was going, but we went because we felt God had called us. And we made a huge impact that trip because the people there were like, y'all came. They said it in Spanish, but y'all presentio. Yeah, we, we were there. And to this day, they remember that. They do. They remember that we were willing to come when the country was in what was about to be a civil war. <laughs> and if we hadn't had the Holy Spirit, I don't know what we would have done. Because uh, it would, you see, it wouldn't have been a good idea. Just like these disciples, they couldn't do anything because it wouldn't have been a good idea to do it without Jesus sending the Spirit first. And once the Spirit arrived, <laughs> They had power. It stirred them up, filled them with a passion. Listen, that same passion is available to me and you. But are we walking that out? You see, we were created dead. We were created in this big blob. And everything else, is, is, as you know, was spoken into existence but God created this thing and said I'm going to make this thing like me so he breathed and here we are <laughs> Adam sinned and when he did we all sinned but Jesus came and died the physical death for our sins he rose again and he breathed a new life upon us the spirit and with that spirit, we can do anything. You read the Bible? We can do anything. We can do things that even Jesus didn't do if we want to and if we believe. That's, uh, yeah. That ought to wake us up. That ought to wake us up. Why, why, why is the church walking around 
so nonchalant in so many places, not, not realizing the power that we have. You know, I don't... Jesus said we will do things greater than he did. Y'all got that? Anybody know some stuff he did? I, I mean, here's, here's, okay, how many people's here? I don't know, there's 5,000 men, and then there women and all that. What, what we got to eat? Oh, there's a couple of fish, get some fish and some bread. All right, let's feed them. Y'all done that lately? He says we can do it. He says we can do it. I won't even get into what he did with Lazarus. Anybody rose anybody from the dead lately? He says you can do it. He said in his word we can do things greater than he did. Okay. I'll just leave that there. Ponder that. Third thing, the fire of empowerment. The fire of empowerment. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. All right, we're just sitting around at the house. We've been waiting on this thing called the Holy Spirit. We don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, he didn't give us any direction on what it was going to look like, feel like. And all of a sudden, a wind comes rolling in, and these tongues of fire start calling. I mean, okay. Don't tell me y'all wouldn't be like... I just imagine what they were thinking. I like to do that sometimes when stuff, when you read about the Bible stories and you're like, man, when that was going on, that had to be really unique. I mean, like when, the, when, when Moses stood there and went from the sea parted, that had to be really cool. I, I hope someday we get to see stuff like that. When we get to heaven, maybe, maybe uh, we can go out and part the crystal sea. But uh, yeah, fire. Fire came upon them, following the sound of the wind and the tongue, tongues of fire which rested on the disciple. Fire, fire represents a refining, a refining and a purification. You see, the Holy Spirit came, and, and in the process, he refined the hearts of those people, and he refines our hearts when we accept him and when he comes into our life. He constantly has to refine us each and every day, some of us more than others. <laughs> but that's, that's cool because that's what he does, and it's a gift that we all have. And as he refines us and he builds our character, it empowers us to go out and share the name of Jesus to the world. Something we could not do. Let me tell you something. It's something we could not do without the Spirit. Try all you want in your own strength. Try it and it won't work. Oh, you might do something good. There's good works being done by people that are going to hell. They are. But if we really want to have an impact, we grasp the Spirit of God and we run with it. We run with it. Lastly, I want to say about the manifestation of the Spirit. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. You know, I got to tell y'all something. We were... In March, four of us went to Nicaragua for a pastor's conference. And not that we don't always pray when we go and not that we don't always take it seriously. This time we, we really, we, we just felt that God was about to do something big. And so we, were, we just prayed and we prayed. And every morning we got up, we got together, we prayed. And we prayed. And every time we had a service, God showed up. And every time we had a service, the enemy showed up. I mean, seriously. And it was doing some voodoo stuff. And so we rebuked that thing. <laughs> and then the Spirit comes in and says, 
All right. And what was so amazing about that trip was we had some idea what we were going to do. <laughs> yeah. We had a plan. And it was like, throw that out. Just forget that. I mean, we, Robert and I were going to be teaching the youth leaders and the technology people there how to better do youth ministry and technology stuff. We walk in and they're just sitting there. And I immediately looked at Robert and said, mm -mm, something right. And Robert said, mm -mm, something right. And it was so evident. Have you ever been in a dark place? There were like 30 of them in there and it was dark, dark. And Robert tried to stay on script, but after about 30 minutes, he said, we need to take a break. We took a break. We went out and prayed. Pastor Brian's wife, Millie, joined us, our missionary there. And uh, we went back in there and started ministering to people who needed Jesus. And souls got saved that day. And they don't know, still don't know how to do youth ministry. But they know Jesus. You see, we had a plan. And we're out on the street talking about tongues. We're out on the street praying for people in this massive thing we were part of in Messiah. And um, I was praying for somebody. And this pastor comes up who don't speak English and started translating. He knew what I was saying and he was translating. And I was like, okay. And then another pastor walked up to Robert and Robert was praying over someone and that pastor said, I didn't know you speak Spanish, Robert. He said, I don't. He said, well, you were speaking Spanish to him. <laughs> it was almost, <laughs> it, it was kind of like, um, Wow. It was, it was really, it was powerful. It was so powerful. We went there thinking we were going there to change lives. And we, I pray we did, but our lives were, wow, just drastically changed. So now every time we go to Nicaragua, y'all, it's going to be a little bit more real. Y'all ready? <laughs> Sign up today. And you know, God will do great things if we'll get out of his way. If we'll put down our agenda and pick up his. He will do great things. <laughs> John sixteen thirteen through 15. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And this is it right here. John 12, 12 through 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And what? Even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You see, he had to leave. And we had to wait a minute. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Man. That's, that's where we fail. My fear, because I was at a conference recently with up in Raleigh and... Um, the speaker was talking about um, studies on prayer. And I forget the exact numbers, but it was like 50% of prayer was for stuff. Lord, I pray for a car. Lord, I pray for this or that. Another percentage was praying for personal needs that were more legitimate needs like physical needs health needs that's good stuff that's good but we do that 
small percentage was prayers for the church. And less than 1% of the prayers that people pray, less than 1% are prayers asking God, what do you want me to do? What can I do? Less than 1%. Our problem is we're focused on us, not focused on him. Me, 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 me. It's time for us to start praying, God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to do it? And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to tell us on his own time. Like he told Abraham, go. Where am I going? Just go. <laughs> okay. So you got to trust him. But how did that turn out for Abraham? Father of all the nations and yeah, pretty good gig is named in the Bible. You know? I'll look at uh, what happened next on the day of Pentecost. Y'all heard of a guy named Peter, right? Denied Jesus three times. He's the one that walked on water for a little bit and then looked and saw how bad it was and lost faith, fell in the water. We know Peter. He's one of my favorite dudes, by the way, because I feel like I'm like him because, you know, I, I constantly fall. I constantly forget who I serve. I kind of, you know, well, well. But Peter got up that day and started quoting scripture. He was quoting from David and from Joel. He was speaking God's word. That's all he was doing. Nothing fancy. He was just preaching God's word to the folks. Telling them the truth. And um, the Bible says over 3,000 got saved that day. They didn't have a big worship band. They didn't have air conditioning and comfortable seats. None of that. They just had the Word of God being spoke to them by a dude that none of us would probably pick out of the crowd to be a leader in church. That's what happened. And that was when the church was launched. It wasn't launched in a fancy building. It was launched outside of a home right there. It wasn't launched um, with a big fanfare and a light boom beaming out. You know, y'all seen those? Where the light shines. Come to our church. Saw it at the beach recently. None of that. It was just Jesus being preached. <laughs> Y'all, we, we, we need to simplify it sometimes. We get too caught up in stuff. We get too caught up in stuff. And, and I, I used that example again when we went to Nicaragua. We didn't get caught up in stuff. We just went and we gave them the word that God had put on our hearts. And when we gave them the word that we thought we were going to give him, and he corrected us. And the way that he does, great things happened. So on this day, I want us to remember that um, the day of Pentecost is a day of celebration. It truly is. It's a day we remember the birth of the church. A day we remember the Holy Spirit coming upon us. That should, we should all want to celebrate that. You know, this is, this is our birthday, y'all. This is our anniversary as a church. We should have cake. We have cake. Daphne, could you make some trace light chase? I was going to preach in Spanish today, but I thought I wouldn't. I'm very fluent um, in 
something. I want us to remember to embrace unity in our church. I truly believe that a unified church can withstand whatever the world wants to throw at it. I believe our church has done that. I, when, when, when I tell people what we've done and how we've done it, they're just like, wow. You know, we go to a conference in a big church in Raleigh that's got thousand members and they share what they've done and we talk about stuff and it's like how y'all do that? God. In a couple weeks we're going to take up an offering for our Nicaragua trip and a church our size will give has already given I think it's like $8,000 this year to the work in Nicaragua and uh, probably going to be another 8,000 between now and June, July. And like I said a few weeks ago, there's churches down there that have a place to get out of the sun and worship because of you and what God's done and because of the unity in our body to do what he's called us to do. Then we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to trust and believe and walk out what God's called us to do. And, and when we walk in the way we think we're supposed to be going, and he goes, no, we're going to turn around and go where he says go. Hmm. I pray that we will all embrace this. May uh, we all never forget what happened on the day of Pentecost. And I, I pray we strive to have that same fire in us that they had. I, I really believe, call me crazy, I believe this church right here can do far greater things than we've already done if we all get together and we all welcome that wind and that fire. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that you sent, Lord. We would be helpless without it and hopeless. I'm sure for those who walked alongside Jesus, it was awesome. But he had to leave because he couldn't be everywhere. Because there's only so much one person can do, and he was a man. But when he left, he sent your spirit, Lord. <laughs> And your spirit lives inside of each one of us. And as much as I'd love to have Jesus standing here beside me today, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is here I'm in, in each one of us. Not just here, but in cities all over the country and all over the world. The Spirit can be in multiple places at one time. What a blessing that is. So for this day, we remember the day of Pentecost when your church was born. I pray, Lord, that we will do all that we can to take care of your church, to nurture your church, to grow your church, and to show the world that your church, through your sacrifice, is the only way. your blessings on each one of us Lord this week go with us and bless us in Jesus name Amen we're going to um, take communion this morning if you haven't uh, gotten that somebody will get it for you but um, alright I'm going to do something different I want everybody to stand up. I'm going to ask you to do something different today. Y'all up for doing something different? Paul told us in, I think it's 1 Corinthians. don't remember the exact chapter, but Paul said when we take communion, we need to check ourselves. Because it's not a good idea to take communion 
if we're not right with God. So I want you to do something this morning. I want you to come forward. I want everybody to just come up here. Don't get mad at me. Come up here. This is the altar. I want you to come up here. Now I want everybody to bow your heads. And I just want you to just want you to pray for a moment. And I want you to ask God. Am I am I clean? Can I take this communion? And if not, I want you to I want you to ask forgiveness from him. And right now, right here, let's get right. So we can share together. Thank you, Jesus. start of summer, so be careful out there. Probably going to be about 95 degrees. No. I wish. Have a great week. We love you. We'll see you back next week. I do have some announcements that I will share, but I thought I'd let y'all kind of get comfortable. No, it's not, not, not that much. Vacation Bible School will be, oh man, like, was it four weeks? Um, if you haven't already, go back to the bulletin board. we got some things we need to get so we can pull that off. It's going to be awesome. We've already got 60 kids signed up, um, which is well on target to the 100 we had last year. So if you haven't signed up to volunteer, please do so. We need that. If you haven't signed a kid up, please do that. We also, uh, this morning, uh, will be taking up our regular missions offering. So we drop those in the buckets when you leave at the back. And don't forget to pick up your word for the day. I will tell you something's about to change with this, something I really like. We will put it out to you as soon as we get it. Some of you may already have it, but uh, this is available in an app form now, so it comes to your phone every morning, and all you have to do is pop it open, and you got it. And so it even will read it for you in my voice. I'm kidding. But yeah, so uh, but we'll put that out, how to, how to sign up for that. Uh, next week. All right. Have a great week and be blessed.